Welcome to the Fitness Canner Podcast. I'm your host, Eric Feigl. I'll be bringing you the truth about exercise by interviewing fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, as well as fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders. Hopefully you take this info and apply it to have a better, healthier, and happier lifestyle. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Fitness Candor Podcast. I am joined today by Christopher Terulo, Coach Terulo, and he is a, the strength and conditioning coach for Duquesne University in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. And uh, I think it's really important to hear from people like Chris because he doesn't have the the back 100% background of what you would think a strength and conditioning coach has. And the more I the more strength coaches I talk to, um, a lot of them have very similar backgrounds, and I like you know when when people kind of stick out from the mold. And uh, I think Coach Trujillo definitely does that. Uh, we'll kind of get to learn about his philosophies also as we go. So, uh, Coach, thanks for joining us tonight, man. I know you just got done with a long day, so I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, thanks for having me. It means a lot. Definitely, absolutely. So, I uh, gave a brief background on you, but kind of fill in some gaps and tell people uh, what you do and how you got to where you are now. Well, you know, right now I'm currently the assistant strength and conditioning coach here at Duquesne University. I'm in charge of five different sports, um, women's bowling, women's rowing, uh, both soccer programs. I also assist with football and track and field specifically with throws. I also do cheerleading currently right now. Um, But, you know, it's been kind of a long journey to get here. You know, it all started, you know, back when I graduated high school in 2007. Um, took a year after high school, really didn't know what I wanted to do. I started working full time at a local print company that I worked at my whole, uh, young teenage life. And I was just waking up miserable every single day. And I just knew, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do in school, but I knew that maybe going to school would, you know, just better my life and give me the hope that my quality of life would be better. So I enrolled at a local community college, Luzerne County Community College, and my first major was graphic design. I really thought I wanted to design brochures and do all that. Well, it turns out after a semester, I didn't. I switched it to computer graphics. Now, then also computer systems. I was like, no, that's not for me either. And I just went general studies and really didn't have a direction. I was kind of, wouldn't say failing at school, but it wasn't what I would hoped out it would be, you know. So, but at the time, I was um, really passionate about mixed martial arts. I was competing in Brazilian jiu-jitsu um, yearly, about four or five tournaments a year, and I just felt like that would be a good career path for me just because I was so passionate about it. I just knew if I was passionate about something in my life that is probably what you want to do for the rest of your life. So, But I really don't, didn't see myself as a you know a professional mixed martial artist. I don't like getting hit in the face. It's not fun. I'm really too pretty for it. And uh, I thought, well, maybe I could just be an instructor, but I go, well, that's going to take a lot of time. You know, if I want to train really elite level people in the sport, it's going to put a lot of time into being an instructor. And I just kind of was browsing the community college that I was at, their brochures and what they had academics, and they had a program called Exercise Science. And I said, wow, that seems interesting. And immediately when I got involved, I didn't know that I could train a variety of different sports. It just doesn't have to be Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu or mixed martial arts. I could train volleyball, golf, football, tennis. It 
really seemed endless, and I was kind of hooked from then. And so I did my two years at that community college. I got an associate's degree in exercise science, and I was fortunate that I had an articulation agreement with a state school, well, Bloomsburg University, where I would do my two years at the community college, and I'd do my two years at the um, state school, and I would have my bachelor's in exercise science. Everything transferred in. I was very fortunate. And I went to Bloomsburg University, and then that kind of opened up my world even more because I thought I really wanted to do strength and conditioning, but, you know, you find out that there's a lot of doors to, you know, the field of exercise science. There's occupational therapy, cardiac rehab. Um, you can work with older adults and children. And I really thought cardiac rehab was the path for me in my two years there. And I had an internship all lined up at the local Bloomsburg hospital doing cardiac rehabilitation. I had no experience in it. I got it folks. I had a great recommendation and I thought that's what I was going to do. I'm a good people person. I thought, you know, my, my father was a cardiac victim. He had a heart attack in 2007 and I thought that's what I wanted to do. But as the day got closer, it wasn't for me. And I, I had some previous uh, experience in strength and conditioning. I helped out the women's field hockey team at Bloomsburg. Um, as far as, you know, corrective exercise and things like that. So I had a little experience there and the day was getting closer and I was kind of panicking. I go, I don't think I want to do cardiac rehab anymore. So I was fortunate enough to, um, contact a, uh, the head strength and conditioning coach at Wilkes University named Keith Clayhold. I met him prior to my internship there. Um, I had to interview somebody in the field while I was at the community college, uh, and just kind of interview them and see what the field was all about. And, I emailed him. He immediately got back to me. He remembered me, and he goes, yeah, I have uh, you know positions available this spring if you want to do it. I met him, and it was all hands on deck right there. Awesome. So I interned, yeah, interned for him in the spring of 2014, my last semester in college. I just focused on my internship. It was close to home, and I would go there five days a week, and I was probably working you know 30 or 40 hours a week as an intern, and the first day I got thrown to the Wolves, spring football testing, it was a very fast day. I barely remember it because I was just writing down, you know, recording numbers and data and spotting guys, encouraging them. And the first day went fast, but the second day things slowed down and I really had an impactful moment. And I realized that, you know, this is something that I want to do for the rest of my life. Just the positive energy in the room and the atmosphere and, and just the way everyone was encouraging each other. I go, this is, this is what I have to do. This is, this is it for me. Right. So after I graduated from Bloomsburg in that spring of 2014, and Keith offered me an assistant position at Wilkes University, and it was a pretty good deal. You know, it was part-time, but it paid $12,000 a year, and they gave me an apartment to live in for nothing, and I didn't have to pay any bills, and I was close to home to, you know, mom, dad, and grandma, and I was, if I needed anything to eat, I would just go see them, and uh, <laughs> I spent two years there, and I was in charge of 10 different teams and I assisted with all the other ones. They had, we had 22 sports at the time I left. So wow. it was a lot of sports, a lot of experience, a lot of coaching, made a ton of mistakes my first year, but you know what young strength and conditioning coach doesn't. And, uh, I learned a lot from them. And I, while I was there, my first year there, uh, I got my, um, master's degree from California university of Pennsylvania in exercise science and health promotion with a concentration in injury prevention and performance enhancement. And my two years was done. It was a two-year contract. And working with uh, the head strength coach there, Keith, you know, I learned almost all his tricks and trades. You know, there's – I really couldn't evolve more as a coach, and there was just no um, 
time for the position to kind of alter or for a promotion or anything like that. It wasn't going to go full time. And I kind of took a hard look. I could have been comfortable and just kind of been, you know, that assistant and part-time assistant, or I could, you know, make a decision and evolve and grow as a coach. And I applied for a bunch of different internships, but I was fortunate enough that I got one at the university of Michigan and I was there for the whole summer since May to August. I got to work with your Olympic sports training and conditioning staff and, they have a great program, a bunch of great people, yep. and it just worked out really well. And it was a great time to go. The games in, uh, in Rio happened this past summer, so a lot of current students and alumni were training for the games, so I got to work with a lot of Olympic talent. Uh, Michigan has a very historic program when it comes to uh, hockey, so they had a lot of NHL guys come back and got to work with them. And you know, I got I went from working for one strength coach to eleven strength and conditioning coaches that were full time, two graduate assistants, and also two fellows, which are professional interns. So it was just just the amount of knowledge that was there and that I could gain and grow as a coach was just it was easy. You know, and they yeah. they put you in a, their internship program is just incredible. They a lot of educational sessions and they push you because you have to, you know, come up with different phases of programming, present them all in front of those coaches, and they grill you and they ask questions. So it was definitely a little hostile, and it definitely gave me some anxiety, but I was lucky enough that how great of an opportunity it was, and I took it seriously, and I did really well. And all those guys are great, you know, from the top to the bottom, yep. you know, from the director to the fellows. They're all very knowledgeable, all very intelligent people, and they really care about evolving coaches. So that, that was just a great internship there and That's I got awesome. invited to come back and volunteer my time at the end of the semester but uh being home being away from my family for you know whole summer was a lot I was very fortunate to have my girlfriend there with me that sacrificed everything came out and helped me and supported me and we moved back home and kind of didn't know where to go you know I had some interviews lined up and just didn't go my way and I was very, my, my brother, older brother ended up moving to Pittsburgh. So I kind of said, well, I could maybe go to Pittsburgh and seek some opportunity there. And I contacted Duquesne University. Uh, John Henderson, who's the associate um, director of um, sport performance here, he got hired in August. He immediately got back to me and he goes, yeah, we could we have volunteership opportunities here. And I came and visited out in September. I saw him do one uh, session of football. And within the first five minutes, I knew this is where I wanted to be because Every coach here just cares about student athletes. That's it's the main focus. There's nothing else. It's what what could you do best for the student athlete? So, came out in September. September saw them. I came out in October. Volunteered for a month, and I was fortunate enough that a part-time position opened up here, and I got hired. And they interviewed me, and they hired me. It was a little funky interview because uh, it was a phone interview. I was in the office, and then they were in the office next to me with the door closed, and they called me. So it was a little. <laughs> A little, little different. It was a little, you know, but uh, that's awesome. It, I was lucky it went really well, and I've been here since, and I love it here. You know, everybody's great. great, and I work in a, with an awesome staff that pushes me every day, and they're just fun to be around. I'm laughing every single day with them. Like they're such good guys to be around. So that's awesome. That's where that, I'm at right now. Yeah, that's a cool back. That's a cool background. And one thing that kind of sticks out is, you know, when you first got into uh, the exercise science field, there's numerous areas people go in and i think yeah. you can attest to there are a lot a lot better ones in terms of um you know being more lucrative than a strength coach but 
the payout, but, but, but the payout versus, um, how much effort you put in and how much time you put in, I think all of that is completely goes by the wayside when you, you become a strength coach or a, you know, a personal trainer or something where you're impacting somebody's life every single day. And you, you truly do love what you do. And I'm not saying that people, I'm not saying that people who go into cardiac rehab and things like that don't help people because obviously they do, you know, that's like a blanket statement and they, and I'm sure a lot of them love what they do. But in terms of like the direction that exercise science can take a person and when somebody chooses to go into the strength and conditioning route, I'm sure some people are like, man, you work how many hours a day and how much do you make? But everything else that goes along with it completely is way is way more worth any amount of money or paycheck that somebody could give you. Yeah, it re- it really trumps everything. You know, it's just, yeah. it, there's no there's no feeling like you know a you know student athlete coming up to you and thanking you for making them better, or you could see their you know how they grow through the process of the the three to four four to five years that they're here. It's just it's an incredible feeling, and I wouldn't trade it for anything. Yeah, you know? definitely. And you know, you you mentioned uh, you know being at Michigan and how they develop their coaches, it kind of reminds me of, you know, if, you, if a person thinks of Michigan, University of Michigan, they think of how awesome all of their athletics program programs are. And they, it sounds like, from what you say, they are, they're into developing their coaches just as much as they're into developing their athletes. And you can't really have one without the other, so that makes total sense. But nobody's really, you know, kind of, nobody's really said that in the way that you said it. So I think that's really unique to... Um, to what those those kind of those types of schools do, you know, those, those big universities mm-hmm. where you are, you automatically think, well, yeah, University of Michigan, awesome basketball, awesome football, lacrosse, go down, go down the line, but it mm-hmm. all starts behind the scenes with that coaching staff. Yeah, it all does. I mean, they're they really strive. To, their, their motto is to be the leaders and best. They really strive to be their leaders and best in every situation possible, whether it's you know academics on the field and it comes down to strength and conditioning and evolving not just themselves but the people around them and they really they really care about what they're doing and you could immediately see that and that's what really kind of brought me out to Michigan is that I, I kind of saw that they really wanted to develop a coach and you know it, and then they take pride in who they are you know yep you're an intern there you're you get that block M on your resume that means something and mm-hmm. you, you know I think you know having that on my resume definitely helped out because it means a lot. It means a lot to a lot of people around the world. Right. There's a reason why, because everybody there is really special. They really care about what they're doing, and they care about the student-athletes. And and it carries on to what you're doing now, right? I mean, you're... Exactly. I mean, it, all that fire and passion just transfers over, because you know where you came from, and now you get to deliver that uh, for another program. So, yeah. what... Taking all of that and your background, how do you create buy-in into your program or you know as a as an assistant strength coach how do you get athletes to buy into what you guys are doing you know it you got to build trust you know it it comes down you gotta you gotta make sure you show the student athlete in my opinion that you care about them i think if you show that you care about them you care about their well-being and you know not just, you know, in the weight room, but ask how they're doing outside and mm-hmm. how they're you taking care of your academics and just being that uplifting influence in their life. I think that's how you create buy-in, Yeah. you know, and you know, we have some foundational principles here at Duquesne. We, you know, we believe in accountability, discipline, uh, being detailed and, and giving a maximal effort every single day. And I think if you show, you tell them that every day, 
they're really going to start buying in because you demand it out of them, you right. know, everything like that. So, yeah. So is it, is that, is that part of the athlete's perception of the weight room? Like when, when they come in there, what's the precedence that say, say for instance, um, a freshman walks into the weight room for the first time. What do you want them to relate that to as soon as they walk through those doors? Uh, just that it's, this is an environment that it's going to make you better. I, I don't think that, you know, I don't want them to think of the weight room as a negative thing. And I think as an incoming freshman, it could be scary Yeah, because you're not used to that environment. But, you know, we, we tend to say we bring every day. It's like bring intensity, bring enthusiasm, lift each other up and, and give a max effort, you know. And I think that's what kind of sets the tone for the day in, in the weight room and where we want them to go. Right. Yeah, and that kind of ties in with what you said about, um, you know, when you build in uh, buy-in, that that all ties in together. The physical, the mental, you know, the whole nine yards. Like what, what goes on inside that weight room should transfer to the outside, right? Exactly. It's It's more than just preventing injury and optimizing your performance on the field you know in my opinion the most honest it's the most honest place in the world you yeah. know you yeah put a barbell and some weight on it it either you can lift or you can't lift it and you learn a lot about yourself in that room and i yep. think that's why one of the reasons i'm, I'm so involved in it and i'm so passionate about it because i think it carries off into life it does definitely the um the more i talk to strength coaches like yourself you know, I hear them say some, everybody says similar things. Even if you don't know each other, it's like this, this bond that everybody has because the first thing that comes up are the students. Students come first. And if you can't put every, everything into that student and make them like the, the best student athlete possible, the best person possible, because how many of those people are going to go on to, to play pro sports? Very little of them. And if that's all you're focusing on, then you're, you're doing a, you know, a huge disservice to those athletes. Would you agree? I agree totally. It's you got to put them first. They're the most important thing. Their well-being is number one. You know, yeah. and if you're not, if that's not your main goal, if you're if you're a strength and conditioning coach, your your main goal is not to put the student athlete first and, and do whatever you can to set them up for success. I think you're in for the wrong reasons. Definitely. That's that's the only reason I want to do it. Yep. Absolutely. How do you create? Uh, you t- we touched on it just a little bit. How do you create mental toughness in your athletes? What does that term, quote unquote, mental toughness look like? Because I'm sure it's different from from sport to sport, or definitely from athlete to athlete. There's no doubt about that. How? What's your What's your approach to mental toughness? Uh, the way I, I, you know, it's being mentally tough is a huge component to you know what I do and what we do here at Duquesne. It's just we want you physically and mentally tough. You know, I, I'm a firm believer. You can put all the talent you want on the field. You know, it, if you're not mentally tough, you're not going to win. You know, if talent, if, if you're talented and you don't work hard, you're not mentally tough, you're not going to win. So uh, for me, when I create a program, I try to incorporate some form of mental toughness every time they come in, whether it's a Tabata circuit or it's a, it's a big, a big set on a bench or a squat, something where you're going to have to dial in, and say, okay, I got to get my mind right. I got to, I got to move some weight, or I got to be in, in charge and in control for four minutes. Because, and I think it, like, mental toughness has to be habitually done for you yeah. to be good at it. Yeah. And then you're just not. Some people have it, and some people don't. But I think, regardless, you need to train that as well. It's not just 
you know, training the parts of your body. You got to train your mental toughness too. So yeah. we do something every day in the weight room that's going to enhance their mental toughness. Something that's when they're going to have to overcome adversity and give everything they have for a certain amount of time. And hopefully when they're on the field or hopefully whether they're hopefully in life, when they have to overcome adversity, they can think back to moments like the weight room and say, you know what? I got through that. And I thought that right. was terrible. Right. I could overcome it. And that's something that I, I kind of preach to them, you know, Hey, today was tough, but like, Hey, life's going to throw a lot more harder stuff at you. You know, think of moments like this where you're in, you put in that moment of duress that you can overcome it later on in life. Definitely. What do you think's tougher to coach? Is it the physical aspect or that mental aspect? Yeah, I think the mental aspect because I think at this level, I think the toughest part is to keep the student athlete engaged and make them excited and enthused about training. Yeah. You know, not every student athlete walked in the room is crazy about, you know, lifting weights and strength and conditioning as us, Eric. You know what I mean? So right. you have always a couple people that are like, Man, I love they love coming and but I would say probably 80% of them don't love it. <laughs> you try to you try to make them understand the, the purpose of it, and hopefully, you know, like I said, that buy-in. It's all about buy-in. Man. Yep. Yeah. Remind them how important it is, and, and if they if you get that, even if they hate it, they know they have to do it, and it's it's going to make them more successful. That's what you have to do. Well, you brought up the people who really love it, and I'm sure you instill in those people that, you know, they're they're the people that the other ones are looking for, looking to for, for that extra motivation, right? If you have a star, especially yeah. a star athlete or a star player um, who really loves being in the weight room, which I'm not sure, you know, from, I've heard mixed, mixed stories from people who say, you know, my star athlete doesn't really give a, a shit about lifting weights and all he cares about is playing or he or she cares about is playing. And on the other hand, I've also heard that like, as soon as my star athlete walks into the weight room, that person is 100% about getting people motivated, ready to train in the weight room. You know, so, it, it really, you know, yeah. it really affects the whole team. If, it, if a team comes in and they, their star athlete is not accountable, is yeah. kind of doing what they want to do and doesn't buy in, it just trickles down to the whole team because they think the same thing. Yeah. But if you have a student athlete who, you know, does perform well on the field and it is just about coming in and grinding every day and doing whatever they can, not just to make themselves better, but the people around them better, that's the teams you want to work with. And we yeah. have a lot of those here. Like our, our lacrosse team gets after it. Our, our volleyball team gets after it. Because they're all in it together. They, that's the buy-in. And that's what it's all about. And it's, it's about, it's, that's the hard part is creating that. How, how do you, you know, an athlete that doesn't work hard, he's a star player, he's a star player, how do, you, how do you get them on board? And sometimes you have to call them out and they might not like it. But, you know, no, that's I've, all, that's I've all had part of it. Yeah, but it's part of the experience, and you got to make them understand it's bigger than you. It's not just about you. It's it's about you know the the thirty or forty people around you that give their all just not for themselves but for each other, and it's it's a team effort. It can't just be about you. Yeah. If you make it about you, you're not going to make it in this this life. That, that's how I feel. I think so too. Yeah, I feel the same way. There's got it's definitely about the people around you. There's no doubt about that. Um, wow. You know, you, you, we talk, we've talked a lot about the mental toughness for uh, the athletes, but what about as a coach and the hours that you put in, um, and and just your your entire staff in general? Like, what what kind of what kind of resolve do you guys seek to have when you when you've been 
you know, at the gym, whatever time you got, you get there five, six in the morning and you're done at, you know, seven o'clock at night. And then you turn around the next day, ready to do it again. What kind of um, mental toughness do you guys go through as coaches? No, it's, it's definitely tough. I think earlier in my career, I had it a little bit more. I had, I tolerated a little bit more. I could stay up on my feet for 12 hours and I didn't care, but yeah, I get, I get a little more tired now that I'm a little older. I'm going to be 28 in April and <laughs> I get a little more tired. Yeah. I know it, it seems young, but I get a little more tired in the afternoon than I usually do. But you know, I work with such an awesome staff that brings so much energy that it just, it just motivates you. It pushes you to like, okay, I got, I got two more groups left at five and six. So I'm just going to get after it because they're getting after it. And they constantly push me. But you know, for me, I ever get tired I get frustrated I really think about that that moment at my internship when I was at Wilkes that second day where I you know it was it was max squat day for football and there I think about that moment and I think about that positive atmosphere and I think about how everybody was encouraging each other and I'm, I'll never forget this one kid was squatting and we were doing a three rep max on the on the squat and he grinded out three and I didn't think he was going to get three and the way everybody just came in and cheered him on and encouraged him it literally gives me chills just talking about it now because that was the moment for me that made such an impact in my life. They said, hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this for the rest of my life. This is it. This is, there's nothing else out there for me. This is exactly what I want to do every single day for the rest of my life. And I, I happen to think about that moment a lot, especially those days where I'm tired. I go, this is why you do it. You do yep. it for these kids. And you gotta, that's why, why you're putting in the effort. That's why you're putting in the long hours. It's because of them. And they're number one. And you got to do it. I don't care if it's six in the morning or six at night. You got to bring the same energy and enthusiasm for each group, whether it's three kids or it's it's thirty. You have yeah. to do it. That's they're awesome. really my and they're my focal point, and that's that's what really motivates me. When especially those times where I'm grinding, I'm like, man, I'm tired. I need some, I need some juice. I need some energy. I need something. I'll think back to that moment, or I'll look outside. I'll see my my fellow coaches getting after it, and it, it just motivates me. I love here. Excuse me. I love hearing those kind of stories where people look back and they can literally pinpoint the moment where they're like, this is it for me. This is it. Yeah. It's almost not like, not like an addiction per se, where you're like chasing, you know, chasing that feeling you've, you know, you've had before and you're trying to go after it like you're an addict or something. But it's, it's, it's almost like that where you, you get yeah. that, like you want that rush when those, when the athletes come in, you want them to be as pumped up as you. And when and when you come in and you and you get them jacked up, that's such a rush. I mean, for me, it's like mm-hmm. you know I don't deal with um with with athletes per se, but when I have people come in and they're in a good mood, they know they're they get to to work out, take care of their body, and they're like they're all in, like their mental focus, mm-hmm. everything. I I just I, I remember, you know, it was almost ten years ago now, but I remember thinking to myself like you know th- this is I want. I want to help people get excited about them making changes about their life. So if we could do something, let's keep as simple as like a, uh, a chest press and they just did two more pounds than what they did, you know, a month ago and they get excited about that. That's what gets me mm-hmm. excited. You know, it's, it's their yeah, excitement. It's just like a coach's excitement about their student athletes coming in and just putting in hard work and then surrounding each other and just like you said, getting after it. Yeah. Yeah, and like I said, that's that's our expectations for every lift that we do here as a staff. Like, 
it's almost feel like, I don't know if the other guys feel this, but I, I kind of want to outdo the group before me. And I think it's kind of how we push each other here as a staff and, you know, and I'll, I'll say some, you know, whatever it takes to get those kids motivated. I'll say some wacky stuff, make them laugh. Get them, you know, we'll say, I'll, they'll say some stuff sometimes. They're like, what did, what did you even say that coach? It doesn't make any sense, but they'll, they'll get fired up a little bit and they'll get after it. You have yeah. a great lift. There's nothing better than good, like having a team in and having a great lift and the feeling you have afterwards. Like you're just like, man, we killed it today. Yep. And I'll, I'll tell the other coaches and we'll always brag to each other. Like, yeah, you know, football killed it today. You know, should have been here for the cross last night. They got after it. You know, it, it's little stuff like that that motivates me as a coach. And I'm, like I said, I'm very fortunate. I, I work with such an awesome staff that they push me every day. And you want to walk into a weight, a weight room and have that there's a vibe you know you feel yeah. you feel that vibe when you walk in that what whoever was just in there just crushed it and you want yeah. that every single time and then when you're surrounded by other coaches who want that you get pumped up for them and it's just like it's a constant it's a constant whoever steps in that weight room is going to feel it and that's how it should be it shouldn't be this somber place where you know you're going to get the piss beat out of you you know <laughs> it's yeah. it should it should be like yeah, a super uplifting um, I mean, yeah, it's going to be hard work, but when you're done, if you're not gratified with it, then you didn't do something right. Exactly. Our, our, our athletic director here, uh, termed the coin. And I, I love it because it's, it's awesome. He said it in a staff meeting in front of everybody, but he goes, yeah, when I'm upstairs, cause our weight room is just below our athletics offices up top. And he goes, I love hearing the earthquakes and energy that are coming down from the basement. And I just like, man, that's <laughs> awesome. You just term earthquakes and energy. That's exactly what I want to accomplish every day. So that's no, that's awesome. That should be like painted on your wall somewhere. <laughs> We're thinking about making t-shirts and stuff. So <laughs> I want one. I want one of yeah. the t-shirts. Definitely. Well, if, if it happens, Eric, I'll definitely send you. All one. right. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, coach. When you were, what piece of advice would you give yourself now? Um, if you could go, well, let me rephrase this. If you could go back you know, before, before you started getting into exercise science and you could give yourself a piece of advice, what would it be with all the stuff, all the knowledge and all the, everything that you've been through now, what would you tell you, your younger self? I just keep pushing yourself. Like I, I feel like early in my career, I didn't, I didn't read enough. I didn't seek out enough opportunities. So just, just keep pushing. Like if I go back, man, push yourself, read more books. Don't be afraid to email or call somebody or approach somebody at a conference. Just go up to them and, and, and talk to them and, and do whatever you can to learn. You know, that's what, you know, the most of the mistakes that you make in your career is because you didn't prepare yourself for them. So I like, I look back on, oh, man, if you just read a little more, if you, you just looked into it a little bit more, you, you would have avoided all those mistakes. And if I had anything, you know, to say to my, myself a few years ago, I'd be like, just keep grinding, keep learning. Yep. Don't ease up. Yep. Don't put it off. Just keep, just keep reading. Whether it's a book on, you know, strength and conditioning or a, a performance model, or it's even something like I like. I wish I went back and I read more, you know, motivation, encouragement books, leadership books. That I I try to do once a month now. I wish I did that four years ago. And I was right. like, man, where would you be as a coach now? You know, so. I don't regret it. You know, I don't regret you know my my path and how it's going now. I think I learned a lot during my my struggle and going through my journey. And but I would definitely encourage myself more to get more involved. 
if I could talk to the younger me. I love it. I love it. Well, hey, Coach, if people want to get a hold of you, where can they do that? Uh, they could hit me up on uh, my email, which is if you go to the Duquesne Athletics website, you could find it. It's Tarulo, T-A-R-U-L-L-O-C, at D-U-Q dot E-D-U. And I'm, I'm also on Twitter. If you just search my full name, I'm on there as well. Got it. Yep, I got that on here for the – for the people who want to hear more about your story, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time and sharing everything with everybody today. We'll talk to you soon, okay? Oh, I appreciate it, Eric. I love it. Uh, if we want to talk again anytime, just reach out, man.